Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I am so excited that you're here. Each week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is your 57th time, welcome back. Today, you're going to be listening to episode number 57, and today's guest is Logan Wolfram. Logan's a friend of mine who writes blogs and soon will even be a climber of mountains, and we'll chat about that today. I'm excited for you guys to listen to our conversation. We talk about everything from struggling to work out to struggling to maintain your identity as a mom. Logan's the executive director and host of Illum Conference, and Logan's first book is set to release in the spring of 2016. Today's sponsor for the happy hour is the She's Brave Conference. Nourish is proud to present the She's Brave Conference in 2016. Held in scenic Uptown Charlotte, North Carolina, you'll have the opportunity to spend the weekend hearing from speakers like Mom Mysterious, Glennon Doyle Melton, Proverbs 31, Lisa Allen, and writer-blogger Sarah May. They'll talk openly about the tough stuff, addiction, depression, infidelity, body image, jealousy, just to name a few, but we'll also laugh, have fun, and also getting to know each other in a judgment-free environment. Tickets are on sale now, and listeners for the happy hour will get 15% off with the code HAPPYHOUR. You can find more information on their website, www.nourishclt.com. Guys, thanks for listening. Here is my conversation with Logan. Hey, Logan. Welcome to the happy hour. Hi. I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so glad you're here. I'm disgusting right now. Because you just worked out. I just I just did a workout. What yeah. did you do? Um, I'm going to call it a one because it was like a walk run. Okay. And I also feel like since I completed it, I did sort of win. So Good. <laughs> so, yeah, a walk run in the neighborhood. So, do and you, do you like time? Like I'm going to walk for 30 seconds, run for a minute, or you just run until you need to stop? No, I um, run until I feel like I might die, and then, which is like, you know, half a block. Right? Hey, everybody's got to start somewhere, right? (laughs) My friend Kat told me the other day, she was like, you just need to like set yourself goals to like run a little ways. I used to run long ago, um, back before like I had children and had, you know, extra jiggling that happened. Right, right. Something about that, like, it's just, you know, like you just shouldn't feel yourself like your parts like <laughs> <laughs> moving. <laughs> and so maybe that's what made me stop. I don't know, but that's so funny. You know, I'm not like a worker outer though. Like I'm not someone that loves working out, but, um, you know, I've got goals. <laughs> I always, I want to be that person that loves working uh-huh. out. Like I, I, the other day I put in a workout video and Which literally, um, um, Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. I talked about it with someone else on the show once a long time ago. It's the, you, you buy the whole program. Did you do P90X? That's well, it's that I same thought. thing, but it's not that extreme. Insanity? Is it like that? Nope. Not that insane. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. You know, you buy the powder and. Oh. 
Oh, you're like committed. No, I'm not. That's the, like, the, the whole point like of the story. And- no, I bought the powder once. Anyhow, I'll think of it in a minute because that's going to drive me and everyone's crazy. But anyhow, I put the workout video in the other day and I found myself seven minutes into it sitting on the floor watching them. And I'm like, hey, Jamie, <laughs> this does nothing for you. <laughs> like I really was like watching the thing. Oh, like, my gosh. oh my gosh. Well, the first time I've been trying to do P90X some, but today I thought I just want to go outside. And anyway, so the first day that I did it, like, he's like, okay, it's, it was like three minutes in. He's like, okay, your muscles should be loose. And I was like, I mean, I feel like I'm going to die. And I haven't <laughs> completed the warm up. <laughs> That's how you know you might die when you're supposed to be loose in the warm out and you're about to die. I was like, I looked at my husband. I was like, how long is this? And he was like, it's an hour. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And so he's like cheering me. And finally I was like, I'm going to need you to be quiet now. Like, I mean this for the health of our relationship. Like, please don't speak (laughs) to me anymore. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. We tried marching out together. And then I just told him, I was like, I just really love you more when you're not speaking to me when I feel like I'm going to (laughs) die. You're trying to preserve your marriage. Yeah, it is. You know, there's things you have to do to be healthy like that. And it's not work out before you have coffee and, you know. Yes. That's just like a new thing. Okay. So the other thing that happened to me when I was working out. You know, whatever you have to do. Yes. So after I realized I've been watching them work out for seven minutes, I started watching someone periscoping. Okay. So I, my friend Jess Conley was like periscoping. So I'm like watching it. And then after she's done, she's so great. She's so awesome. So after she's done, I think, well, I've been wanting to try this out. So I get on Periscope and I'm like pushing a bunch of buttons and like doing all kinds of stuff. And then the next thing I know, it says that I'm recording and I'm like, uh, what's what, what? <laughs> so I push end real quick. Like what just happened? And then Aaron <laughs> called me and he's like, you, you were just live. Like everyone saw our carpet. And I'm like, what? How did, I said, how did you know? And he's like, they told everybody, like it went, everybody knows. And so I'm just like, okay, great. Like, I don't know this, but I saw you Periscope this morning for the first time. I did. I just did it for the first time this morning because I thought, oh man, like I'm doing this thing and I'm going to need some encouragement and everyone keeps talking about it. And I'm just like, well, I should see what this is. And you know, whatever, if I look stupid or don't do it right, who cares? It's like the middle of the day and no one's, you know, periscoping right, right now. Right. <laughs> anyway, so I did it and it totally worked and it was super fun. Like there's little hearts that come up and people are t- able to talk to you. So it feels like you can have a conversation with a whole bunch of people at one time, which is totally my jam. Like it just felt like, oh yeah, like we're just in a room or hanging out. And yeah, so, so it was really fun. So I took them on my workout in oh, my neighborhood. Because so there are people listening and they're like, what is this periscope you speak of? Yeah. Because this um, is kind of new, right? I mean... Yeah, like I I read an article about it the other day because I heard about it. And so then I went and signed up for it because I thought, dang it, on Twitter, I can't get my name. Like I can't get Logan Wolfram. Oh, uh uh-huh. It's random. Yeah, someone has literally had it tied up for like four years ever or five years. Like ever since I first signed up for Twitter, someone has like accosted my name and done nothing with it. So I even like have emailed to be like, can I have my name? Because no, no one is using it, you know, and... They're, they haven't helped. So, hey, if you work for Twitter and you can help me get my name, like whoever it is is misused and abused. And anyway, I'm nice and I would like it. Okay. So tell me about why you're working out. Can we do that? Um, so I am going to be doing, I'm, I'm going to hike Mount Kilimanjaro. Which when you say like, that, that doesn't even like, that does, my brain doesn't have a spot for that. 
my brain doesn't have a spot for it either, which is probably why I'm making a spot for it in my brain. <laughs> because on some levels, I just don't really know what I'm getting myself into. Um, but I, I was talking to um, my literary agent, Dawn, one day, and he was like, I totally want to introduce you to this gal, Belinda. Um, her name's Belinda Bowman. <clears throat> um, anyway, her husband, Stephen, uh, is the CEO of World Relief. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, so, but Belinda started this thing that's separate um, called One Million Thumbprints. And so they were involved, like, at the Justice Conference, and it's this totally new, like, grassroots organization where um, it's women advocating for women around the globe who especially are in war-torn areas and zones and countries. And so we're talking places like Iraq, Sudan, um, Democratic Republic of Congo, like all this. And so the idea... is to collect a million thumbprints from women um, all around the globe to basically stand in um, in support and in solidarity to bring the voices of women in war-torn areas into peace discussions. And so um, that in most of these areas where there's like major militia violence and war, um, violence against women is used as a tactic um, to break down the entire society because it breaks down the family, it breaks down um, children. Um, I mean, it just it becomes like this really disastrous thing. And so people are using it as a tool. And so um, anyway, One Million Thumbprints um, is going to be inviting women around the globe to summit something um, because these women are having to overcome like these major hard things. And so um so there's going to be a group of us that are actually going to summit Mount Kilimanjaro on March the 8th. This um, is so crazy. It's so cool. And so we're literally going to be collecting thumbprints. The goal is to get over a million people like with their thumbprint, like printing it on places uh, in different areas. And they're looking at ways to be able to do it, um, you know, where because you don't want to like digitally be like sending a photograph of your thumbprint because, you know, like hashtag identity theft. <laughs> <laughs> but um Anyway, so they're looking at ways that people can do it if they can't get to a location where they can actually do a thumbprint. And so, um, but the idea is to get over a million people involved in saying that they believe in um, ending violence against women around the globe. And so there will be challenges to summit something wherever you are on International Women's Day, which is March 8th. And so we will be hiking. It's so cool. Um, So we will be hiking and summiting Mount Kilimanjaro with like banners containing all of those thumbprints to the, I, like I get chills and get Who's we when you say that. Wanna, so it's like a team of you. women. <laughs> it's a team of women. You call Belinda, Belinda. <laughs> um, but there's a team of women. Um, I don't even know any of them. Um, but I know that like, um, like Lynn Hybels has been a real encourager of Belinda and, um, that, you know, there's, there's just like, I don't know, like people, you when know, you say team, like how many? I think that right now there may be like a dozen. And so, um, and it's women from like just kind of different, different stuff. Like I legitimately don't know any of them. There's a couple of us that are writers. There's a gal from Christianity Today. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and like well, I, li- I literally don't know them. I just honestly, like I heard about it. And um, Dawn, my agent, had sent me, Belinda's writing a book called One Million Thumbprints about, like, what inspired this. And, like, she and Lynn Hybels had been in Democratic Republic of Congo, spoken to this woman named Esperance who shared her story, which was, like, I mean, just horrific, the things that had happened to her. And she said, like, I want you to tell the world. I want you to tell the world that these things are happening to me. 
and she couldn't even write her own name. Mm. And so she signed her signature of permission with her thumbprint. And so that just made Belinda realize that like women around the globe, particularly ones that that live in the kind of privilege that we do and have the opportunity that we do, we need to be able to stand with these women who um, are enduring like horrific violence and things and be able to bring them into these like peace talks um, <clears throat> around the world. So anyway, so that's the thing. And that's um, amazing. Like I didn't I, exercise at all for like, <laughs> so, so, like, I mean, I want to say months so that people don't think that I'm like this total. But like, what you really mean are. <laughs> what I mean is years. Like 36 <laughs> months plus. Yeah, like since before I had my last kid who's five. <laughs> um, but like, like legitimately, I just thought, <clears throat> man, I mean, I heard about it. Don told me about it. And I was like, I want to talk to this chick. Like, I want to get on the phone with her and I want to hear about it. And. And I want to do it. Like, and so Don had just said to me one day, he was like, Hey, what'd you think about climbing Mount Kilimanjaro? And I was like, well, that's a crap ton of work. Like that's humongous, dude. And so, um, anyway, it's like 20,000 feet. It's the highest freestanding mountain in at least Africa. I don't think, I don't know if it is in the world or not, but, um, like I was just in Colorado last week with my publisher and I was looking and I'm like, those mountains are like 14ers. And they look look like they would dominate my face off. Um, And this one is going to be even taller. And so they say the reason that people don't complete it is because primarily of altitude sickness. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and I'm asthmatic. So honestly, like I'm really nervous about it because, I mean, I don't know if I can legitimately do it, but I'm sure as heck going to try. Okay. Well, if you, if you hear they Uh, need any podcasters on the trip, you just put my name in there. I totally will. Um, you, okay. can meet, you need to totally meet Belinda. Like, I'll introduce you. I would love to meet her anyways. It's a fun conversation anyway. Like, oh, I'd I would love have to have her on my show. Yeah, she's awesome. So Connect she's me. I'd love awesome. to have her. I'll connect to you. So, um, so, anyway. so, okay, let's just talk about climbing a mountain real quick. My brother has done this. And so when you okay. told me this, I texted him and I'm like, I have a friend that's going to be doing this. I said, do you have any tips for her? Like, I'm thinking like, and, he, and all he said was like, bring something to cover your head and your neck. I was like, okay, well, I, I'll tell her. I literally thought I was like, the. I mean, the first thing that I have to do is I really, I just put on my Facebook today, like, I need a personal trainer. So if anyone would like to donate personal training services for the virtual or in Greenville, South Carolina, <laughs> I am accepting donations. <laughs> hey, and you know that you are a, a whiz at Periscope, so you can do personal training via Periscope as well. I know. And so that all like 12 people who follow me will be like, uh, <laughs> that's great, Logan. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So let's literally really talk about climbing a mountain. What, mm-hmm. what does that actually look like? They draw, do you know, I mean, they drop you off and then you're with guides and then how long does this take? What happens if you can't make it? Like all those things. So like I've watched some stuff, you know, online, <laughs> um, <clears throat> to get, you know, super prepared. And, um, and I've read a bunch of things about Mount Kilimanjaro and, from what I understand, like you start down at the bottom, which I'm assuming Appear, obviously like, right, like yeah, the bottom of the mountain. Yeah. Like I don't know if it's sea level. <laughs> I don't know if you're actually climbing twenty thousand feet. But the whole thing, we're going to take like six days to do it. It's forty-five miles in and out, oh my and gosh. you go like <clears throat> I think you go and we're going in and out the same way. We're apparently not going on like the main travel route. I don't even know, um, but. You have to go slowly, from what I understand, for Kilimanjaro because the altitude increase will really make you super sick. Like to adjust and your so, body. Yeah. like gotcha. to So 
from what I've read about it, it's like, you know, when people scuba dive, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I can't scuba dive because I'm asthmatic. And, you know, like there's that thing where if you come up too fast, you get the bends or yeah. whatever it's called, where it basically like wrecks your lungs. Mm-hmm. So I guess you can have the same opposite effect going up almost. So it can really mess up your lungs You can get fluid in your lungs and all this stuff if you go too fast. And so they, um, everything I read said that a lot of times women have a better chance of even reaching the summit because guys get like all competitive and, and try they're to like, be how fast can we get there? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, watch me dominate you. Uh-huh. And, and they can't. And so apparently what happens, like if you get super, super sick, then they can get you down, I guess. Um, or you go down or something. Um, and, but like my understanding is just that, I mean, if it's 45 miles in and it, you're taking four days to get in, then I guess you're hiking a dozen or so miles a day. Um, but honestly, like, I just really don't know, like, as much as I should. And sometimes I just really, truly feel that ignorance is bliss. Like, I woke up the other day and I thought, like, in the middle of the night, and I was laying there and I thought, are there, like, hyenas on Mount Kilimanjaro? <laughs> are there cougars? I read something about stampeding elephants. Like, I legitimately <laughs> have no idea. I thought, am I going to be walking by, like, a pride of lions? I don't, I don't really know what I'm getting myself into, um, but I'm just so dang curious about it that, like, I just, I don't know. Like, that is totally becoming the thing that is defining my life. It's just my curiosity for things. And so, um, so anyway, yeah. Okay, like, so the point of your I trip is bring awareness, obviously, and you're bringing yeah. the banner with uh, thumbprints. Are you raising money or just raising awareness yeah. or what's, what's the end goal for you? Yeah. And I'm still learning these things too, but, um, yes, there will be raising money to promote peaceable discussions, um, with like some of these nations. Um, they are connected with, um, they've got connections with the UN and, um, so there's, there's definitely like, I mean, like I said, I'm still just like figuring all of this out, but yeah, the goal will be to be able to raise money to help create space for women to be involved in peace discussions in these uh, war-torn nations, um, just because they're not enough right now. And so, um, and by being able to share these stories, it gives women a voice in that, um, in those discussions and ways to help eliminate it. And, um, so yeah, so that's, that's the goal. And also, I mean, truth be known, like it's just been the last few years, just, um, as I really started digging in, I think a lot of people in America have no clue what's going on around the world. Like you watch the news and it's just like this really calculated version of whatever story they want to tell. Um, but like, even when I've been in other places, I'm like half the time, like the good stories aren't being told. Um, and the individual stories aren't being told, you know, it's like this sort of collective thing. And so I feel like over the last few years, I've seen a lot more awareness, um, just with, you know, human trafficking and um, just ways that um, people are treated in these underdeveloped nations. And and I just think overall people are kind of waking up Mm -hmm. to say like, there's a whole world outside of here and they are not doing very well. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of them are not doing very well. And so, um, so I feel like I just kind of want to figure out what does it look like to be the hands and the feet? And so. I love that. And the voice as well. I feel like so many times here, um, in America, you could live your entire life somehow and not know that there are women around the world without voices. I mean, you yeah. really could get to the end of the real world and know that, you know, I think it's harder now for our generation to say they didn't know, but I think about like my grandma, if I told her some of these things, she'd be like, 
this? I've never even thought about this. Right. You know, right. it would never and even I, have crossed her mind. You know, I think there's so many times like where, you know, your ignorance, I mean, your ignorance can be your bliss, but then once you realize something, once you recognize something too, um, I feel like you have a responsibility to do something about it. And I think with just sort of the invent of social media and everything, you can't say you don't know. <laughs> like at some point, if you go on the internet at all, which I'm assuming everyone here does because they're listening, they're to, listening a to a podcast. Right. Um, if you're like on the internet, if you're hearing about these things, at some point the question becomes, what am I going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so for me, I just feel like, you know, I mean, I'm just going to figure it out. Like, I don't know what that is, but I'm sure as heck going to do something to figure it out. And so I'm still figuring it out, you know. Um, but this is the first time that I feel like, I don't know, like, I mean, I, I went to Bangladesh a couple of years ago with Food for the Hungry, and I went to Uganda last year with Soul Hope, and then you mm-hmm. were there. I was supposed to be there this year, but yeah. then I moved, like, a week in advance, and that would have been crazy. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like, the more I see, the more I'm like, God, there's just endless options of ways that we can use our voice. And you can't just pretend that you don't know anymore. Yeah. And if you're pretending, then that's like your whole internal issue that like I cannot even help you right. know what to yeah. do with that. But but I do think at some point you have to ask yourself the question, um, do I care? And if you don't, then why not? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so, yeah. so that's what I feel like. I remember a couple of years ago, a girl in town who works for an organization that deals with um, women who have been trafficked and helping them mm-hmm. get back on their feet after they've been trafficked, helping them lead the life. And she took a group of us around for a day around Austin and showed us different brothels in our city. And it was the first time that I had really been exposed to that. And mm-hmm. I got out of the car and with tears in my eyes, I looked at her and I said, I wish I would have never come on this trip today because yeah. now I know. And so now that I knew there's no way I could go back to my house and just be like, oh, I, I, that didn't really happen, you know? Right. And so it doesn't always mean I I want women to hear too, like you're doing this for that. And there's, because social media, we are inundated all the time with needs and all this kind of stuff. So you Mm -hmm. can't go throughout life without knowing, but sometimes you feel Mm -hmm. like there's so much, what do I do? You know? And I think sometimes when you hear something you're like, this is not where I feel like I'm going to like step in and I'm not going to go to Uganda or I'm not going to go here, but you can still like talk about it and acknowledge it. That's what I think is key is acknowledging it. I think, I think acknowledging it is huge and figuring out what can you do? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I mean, as far as we'll we'll take Uganda because you said Uganda, but like not everybody's going to go to Uganda. Not everybody wants to. Um, and, but I think, you know, like everybody has a pair of fat jeans, so just cut that stuff up and like make some shoes, you know, right. or, or I have like, a lot of skinny jeans. Skinny jeans. You got some jeans that aren't fitting somewhere, right. sister. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, and I'm holding <laughs> on to them. Like, they're still in my closet. Pair of jeans, then some of them are not fitting, yeah. I'm guessing. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think it's just figuring out what can you do? Can you be aware? Can you support? Like, can you use your voice in a way that is like bringing just acknowledgement? But I also think that people tend to like spread themselves too thin. Um, and so you got to pick like what you can do and pick what your family can handle. And, you know, I have a really dear friend. Her name's Laura Parker and she and her husband run something called the Exodus road. Do you know her? No, but I, I, need heard, to, I think I need to introduce you to her. Introduce too. me to her as well. Anyway, yeah. We um, grew up together. Like literally she was, 
one of my best friends since I was like five. And, um, and they are in Southeast Asia doing this like crazy, like busting up of sex trafficking rings what's, and all of this what's stuff. What's her husband's name? Matt, Matt Parker. Like it's I, called the, the Exodus Road. I feel like I, are anyway. they on Instagram? Yeah, they are. I feel like uh, I follow them somehow. Their, Keep their going. Their logo looks like an eye, like the an eye of your head, you know, that um that has like the outline of like a, a person in it. Anyway. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah, the so, Exodus Road. I follow them. Yeah. So she's like a really, yeah, that's uh-huh. them. I follow them so on she, Instagram. She's a really good friend of mine. But, you know, she and I were talking. We totally support them. Like we financially support them, like totally support them. But like I, they'd uh, asked me about coming, you know, there um, a couple of years ago. And it was something, my kids are really little. And it was just something that I felt like my kids aren't going to be able to understand yet. And I can't explain to them yet, like why mommy is going and where I'm going. Um, and so we just made the decision that like, it wasn't the right time for our family to be able to do that. Plus I have boys. And so even talking to boys about that, it's like just a whole different Hard, kind of yeah. um, direction and discussion. And so I think it's something, you know, one day I'd love to be able to, to do that in that way. But like, we have to figure out different ways that we can support different things and what works for our family to be like missional together. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. um, you know, so I think you've got to figure out what are the things that are your heartbeat and like. Yeah. What or not. And like, if that's not your heartbeat, then don't do it. Like that is do something else. If you love to cook, like go work in the soup kitchen. Like, you know, what's happened with me, like personally, I mean, you're on the board for soul hope and I had, um, Asher on my show before I left and then I went to soul hope. So I've done a lot of talking about it on my show and I've had so many people host shoe parties. Yeah. Just from that. And they're never going to get on a plane and go to Uganda. You know, they're never going to set foot in ginger, but they are making a huge difference in their living room with their girlfriends. Well, and the fact of the matter is there's no less version. Right. Yeah. Like it's literally just like different versions of it and different people have capacity for different things. And so like don't shove your own self into somebody else's denim sole hope shoes. You know, like wear your own pair. Yeah. Wear your own and figure out what it is that you want to do and you know how you can do it and stuff. So okay, I am so having all these deep conversations (laughs) about like changing the world. I know. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I am so excited about following your journey to the mount. To the Thank mount. You. you need to have you need a hashtag for what's going like that you're just gonna chronicle your like working out, getting thumbprints, everything. I, know. I do my son the other day, like um I was making breakfast and um and I was standing like our microwave is right near my office. Like I have steps that go up. My office is like over our garage and there's just a separate set of steps that go up there. And so I press this thing like the, you know, to make oatmeal. And I'm like, I got a minute and a half. And I thought I'm right by these stairs. I should like run up and down the stairs. And so I did it. And I was like, yeah, microwave mania, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to so have I a new a workout hashtag, video. I made a hashtag microwave mania. And I was like, yeah, for the mama who is like trying to get real about her fitness. There like, you go. What can you do in the time it takes to make a bowl of oatmeal? You know, I thought the ultimate goal is when I can cook a Stouffer's lasagna in the microwave. And run up and down. <laughs> Dominate the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Can I just say this too? That your boys are going to be like, my mom is like a bad A. Like she is like, when you finish this task. Or they're going to think I'm a nut job. No, they're going to be like, they may not comprehend it now. How old is your oldest? Nine. He kind of gets it. And your youngest is how old? Five. Just wait till they're like, I mean, even when they just get a little older, they're just going to be like, mom, I can't believe you did that. That's amazing. 
You know, it's fun because um, I have these memories, and I, I wrote about it in my book. I have a book. I know. I um, want to talk about that too next. About, so. um, but I totally wrote about it in there because um, I have these memories of my great-grandmother who was, like, in my opinion, to use your term, a bad A. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I didn't say the whole word if you're listening. You didn't. Yeah. O-H-E double hockey stick. Right, right. Anyway, so, but, um, but I have these memories of her. When I, I mean, she was like in her 80s, and my sister and I used to go spend the night with her whenever we would go to Florida and visit. And she had like, um, I mean, if you're not into taxidermy people, like, I'm so sorry, please don't think <laughs> ill of us. But like, we're we're taxidermy people in my family, and so. But you live in Texas, so there's there's definitely going to be more like graciousness for that. But if yes. you live, if you're tuning in from California, <laughs> sorry for like, the dead I animals the all over the wall. <laughs> Yeah, like whatever, NRA or something. I don't yeah. know. But anyway, so, um, but my great-grandfather was like a big game hunter, like back in the day. And so he went like on safari in Africa. And um, and so she had like a zebra skin. She had elephant tusks back before it was like illegal, right. you know, to yeah. do that. Um, I remember there was like an otter skin that was like draped across the bed. And there was something just super exotic about her. And she would show my sister and I these slides. Like when we were little kids, we would sit on her floor on the zebra skin rug with a bunch of pillows and we would watch like a slide projector and she would show us these slides. Um, And I remember seeing her like on a camel in Morocco. And my mom said, um, we were talking about it one day and she said, my great grandmother brought water back from the Jordan River when she had gone. And I was like christened in it. I mean, how cool is that? Gosh. I know, like the life of ministry ahead of me was begun with it the christening right of the Jordan there. River. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, um, and so I just remember her in that way. And I remember thinking that about her. I remember thinking, like, what an adventure, like what a life, you know? And so um, when we went to Uganda, when I went last year, um, did y'all go to the Nile River camp when you went? We went down the Nile. I mean. Okay. Oh, you went on the boat. So we went on the last day and stayed at this place, this Nile River camp. And there was a, um, like a rope swing. Into the Nile? Into the Nile. Did you do this? I did it. There's like crocodiles in there. I know. I was seriously the whole time (laughs) thinking like Steve Irwin died probably from, like all I could think about was that. And then. Was your husband with you? No. Oh, so you had to tell him that you made this decision that could yeah, have been. and I also had to explain to him that probably the reason I had diarrhea for nine months <laughs> was, was because, because of that I, same move. That's the bacteria. Right. <laughs> they tell you not even to get in it. I, I eventually had to do like a cleanse. This is way TMI for everybody, but like, you know, there's sometimes that you're just like, I mean, you don't actually think that that will happen to you, I think maybe, but. Of course not. Like, I just decided, I mean, it's like the Nile River. Like, didn't, didn't you just feel like we're on the Nile river? Like the one Jesus, like, you know, was there and the one Moses turned to blood. And like, all I could think about was like, this is the Nile river, dude. I'm, I'm like jumping in it. You're way, way, way better than me. Cause all, I didn't think about any of that. that. I really thought I was going to die. Like I thought there's probably like fish with large teeth. I've never <laughs> scrambled out of something so big. And then I just felt like maybe I was a wuss because I only did it once. And I just, so like I did it three or four times. And then I was like, okay, that's good. So you have a good story to tell. Yeah. So, so that's what I figure is like, I just want for my life to read to people way down the road, like something motivated her to do this yeah. stuff. And it wasn't just like, I don't know. 
it, that it mattered, mm-hmm. like that it mattered for something, yeah. you know? So I want, I think about like as a mom, I want my kids to look at me and think that. And I always talk to new moms. Like I'm always, cause I feel like a lot of times what happens with moms, they, they live this life of like serving and giving and adventure and then they have kids and then they feel mm-hmm. like, well, for the next 18, 20, 25, whatever, however many years you lose yourself, I, I lose it. And now I'm just home with the kids, but I want to look at them and see like, you didn't lose anything. Like the right. same Jesus is still in you. The same people still are needy around yeah. you. Nobody left. And right. so you still have that opportunity to be that same person. Does it look different? Yes. I can't go to Uganda every six months, you know. Right. But I can still leave my kids and go across the world. Well, and I think it takes a little bit too. Um, like, you know, when your kids are like little, little, I mean, you are just barely surviving. You like, feel like if honest. I can get to 730 at night, it's a, yeah. it's a, a You're win. seriously so exhausted that like... You just, I mean, you just can hardly figure it out. I mean, I remember, you know, when you first have a baby, I feel like for six, the first six weeks or so, you have like no clue what's happening in your life. Like it just feels like this complete fog. And I think that my kids are almost four years apart. um, But like, there's just this period of time where when you have like little people who need everything from you, you just, you've got to figure out like it looks different in that season and Mm -hmm. that is okay and should be like, yeah, You know, like it just, you've got to figure out what you can load on and what you can offload and be realistic about it. Because, I mean, ain't nobody got time for crazy things. Nope. nope. You're just trying to like eat and sleep and survive. That's you know? right. So. That's right. Hey friends, before we continue with the interview, I wanted to break in and mention a great way to support the Happy Hour podcast. If you've listened to even one episode, you'll know that I love reading books. Not only that, but the women I interview always have a handful of books that are great recommendations for you. Now, instead of trying to scramble to write down the names of the books as you're on the treadmill or driving to work, or even trying to remember to go to my blog for the show notes, there's a simple destination that you can remember. Here it is. Listen close. jamieivy.com slash happyhourbooks. How easy is that? I've created a one-stop place for all of the book recommendations that you hear on the podcast. So say you miss a couple episodes, but you're still in the mood for a great read. Bookmark jamieivy.com slash happyhourbooks, and you can always check out the recommendations there. But here's the best part. If you find a book that you like from that link, it gets you a great read, but it also helps out the Happy Hour podcast earn a small commission from that sale. Remember, that's jamieivy.com slash happyhourbooks. Now back to the interview. Um, Okay, so you have a book. I do. I have a book. I wrote a book. You wrote a book. Oh my gosh. When does said book release? Said book releases in March um, 2016. March 1st. Said book releases while I'm hiking Kilimanjaro. I was going to say, that is amazing. Uh, Which some people are like, that is like maybe a suicide mission, Logan, for like a book release. And then I just told my publisher, I was like, listen, my book is called Curious Faith, Rediscovering Hope in the God of Possibility. And I was like, you can't write a book like that and then expect me to like, I don't know, just want to do like a couple random radio interviews like that week. Like you know, if something comes up like this, you you can't write a book called Curious Faith and be like, oh, I had the coolest opportunity that would like push me beyond anything I've ever done. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. I was like, you just, I don't know. And so I feel like that it's just become kind of a, just a definer of my life and a definer of me. It's just my curiosity to see more of God and all of the things around me. And so I told my publisher said, why do you want to do this? Um, anyway, cause you know, you have to explain these things to your publisher. If you say like, Hey, I'd like to be in Africa, 
when my book releases because apparently there's work to do. Right. <laughs> when you release the book. And so um, they said, well, how do you want to do it? And I was like, well, um, I'm curious about who I have to become to do it. And I'm just really curious about who I'll be after. Like, and so, and I don't know, like, I don't have these ideas about things. I know I have to become an exerciser mm-hmm. um, <laughs> to do it. So like, that's a thing, which for me holds great levels of like overcoming just mentally. And, um, and I'm really curious who I'll be after. So bef- because before we go hike Kilimanjaro, we're going to go to the Congo and be speaking with women who have um, suffered from these things. So like it will be so fresh in my yeah. brain and in my heart um, that like I think by the time we start climbing that mountain, like it, it will just, I don't know. I just can't imagine that it won't change me in all all the ways, yeah. you know. Yeah, uh, and it's like you'll also have um... – not like you don't have a, a purpose now or a mission or a reason because you, you've explained it all to me. You already know the purpose. But before you start, you actually get to look at someone in their eyes. Yeah. And touch and their it's like, hands. I, and I am doing this for you because I care about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I just think, I don't know. I just feel like how can I not, how can I not do that? And Yeah. Know, so, so your book comes out March 1st. It comes and, out March 1st. And tell me how you got through this book. Like, what's it about? How'd you get here? Like, I don't even know. Like, it's all so random. <laughs> I mean, I know what the book is about. Um, but how I got here is just sort of absurd. Uh, I never meant to be a writer. Um, and I, you know, I started running Loom, the Which Christian we- Women's Blogging and Social Media Conference. It's in October. Um, so people want to come they can totally come we still have a few tickets now um and anyway so I've been doing that like the last few years that happened super randomly I got to know Sarah May it's like a really long story but um the short version is I got to know her very randomly and helped her um after we'd gotten to we kind of got to be friends because I had done a study on a book that she did um that she wrote called 31 days to clean how to have Martha home the merry way I mean it was totally like unrelated but Mm -hmm. we just the Lord connected us and, um, and we got to be friends. And so after I went to the conference, it used to be called the relevant conference. And after I went the first year, she just asked me what I thought. And I was like, well, I mean, the content I thought was very useful and helpful. And, you know, I don't know a ton about blogging, but it was helpful, but the food was nasty. And like, it's a women's conference. You didn't even put in a tablecloth on the registration. <laughs> and like, these things matter to me. I used to be an interior decorator. <laughs> and so like, so I you see the details. Yeah, like I noticed that stuff, and um, and it speaks to my heart. Mm-hmm. Like creating an environment that is welcoming is like just kind of a passion I have. And so, um, anyway, she was like, "Oh, well, I didn't even know what was going to be on the menu. I just gave them my budget." And, <laughs> and so I was like, "Well, you can't do that. Like there wasn't even green vegetables, you know. And <laughs> girls like to eat salads and stuff." And so, um, so anyway, she asked me if I would help her the next year, and kind of the rest is history. But I ended up taking over the conference when she sat it down and, um, and I like kind of started writing, but just really super infrequently on a blog because it's like the cobbler whose kids don't have shoes. Like right. if you run a blogging conference, you don't really blog. <laughs> well. And so, um, anyway, I, um, I don't know, like I spoke at the conference in 2012, um, because I, I told Sarah May, I'd never done anything like that before either. And I told Sarah May, I was like, I, I feel like the Lord just gave me this word about like blogging and social media in general. And, um, and it was really just that, you know, in all of social media, 
there's like this button that you can press that says, follow me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just really felt convicted about it. Cause I was like, Hey, like Jesus said that. And so if we're asking people to follow us, then we got to figure out where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, like it can't just be the self aggrandizing sort of thing where we just have like an ego trip with like all the followers and whatever. And so, um, so I shared about that, that year, like, I just was like, I've never spoken or done anything. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I just feel like that this is a word that needs to be said into the space. And so, um, so this gal, Lindsay Nobles, Uh uh yeah, so Lindsay was there that year. Um, and I guess it was with, I guess she was with food. She was with food for the hungry at the time. Anyway, Lindsay and I got to be friends, and um, and she was like, "Hey, I want to introduce you to my friend Dawn, who is now my literary agent." So, like Lindsay Nobles, I have to like to thank. I was thinking the other day, I was like, Lindsay Nobles deserves like her own line and like book acknowledgments because she, um, you know, it's it's so weird when people see something in you that you don't mm-hmm. see in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's one of those people that does that. Like she calls out the gold. And people, That's you know, great. And so she introduced me to Dawn. And so I'm going to tell her all this too. I'm seeing her Wednesday night for dinner with yeah, some friends. So I'll, I'll tell her. her. I haven't talked to her in a while, but, um, so anyways, um, she introduced me to Dawn and he was like, Hey, I, you know, we talked for a long time and he was like, I would just really love to sign you. And I was like, well, like for what? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, uh, like, you know, to write a book. And I was like, Oh, Oh, well, I've never thought about that before. And so, um, so anyway, I was just like, I mean, okay, but I don't have a plan for anything right now. And he said, well, I, I think you've got something to say and I want to be around when you do. So I was signed with him for like over two years before I even. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Like, but, and so he like from time to time be like, Hey, have you thought about writing a book? And I'd be like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it really came to me when, um, like, I was I was watching Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory one day. We should all be thankful that there's people <laughs> called editors because otherwise my book would have been called God is Like Willy Wonka, which would have not really worked with the content at all. <laughs> but oh my anyway, gosh. It would it look was, good on a shelf, though. I'll tell you that. Oh, my gosh. I know. Like purple hat candy bars. <laughs> yeah. I still was like, can I send candy bars to people? Like Wonka bars with a golden Gold ticket. Gold wrapper. Yeah. You know, advanced copies. <laughs> like if you sign up to help. So, um, so that might actually be a thing anyway. But. Um, and so I was watching the movie, which is like one of my favorites, not the creepy Johnny Depp one, but like the old Gene Wilder one, you know? And, um, and so I was just loving it because, you know, hashtag chocolate river. Right. right. <laughs> like, want to, I'd jump in that instead of like the I'm Hashtag because I just think hashtags are ridiculous and hilarious. So anyway, um, so I was watching it and I was thinking about like all these kids that are like getting the boot from this thing. And it's like. Uh, because they're too self-absorbed, because they're prideful, because they're gluttonous, because they're impatient, like, and there's all these things. And so suddenly I just realized, I'm like, oh my gosh, like the kid that wins the keys to the kingdom, the kid that presses the button to go wherever he wants in the great glass elevator is humble and he is real curious. And so like, that was literally, it was like the Lord just gave me this word about curiosity, um, And with regards to, like, Willy Wonka, I mean, he's, like, this great inventor that is, like, making full meal gum and the everlasting gobstopper and chocolate rivers and all this stuff. And I thought, isn't God just that way? Mm -hmm. Like, isn't God um, just so great and his plans are so far beyond what we could have imagined that on some level we just need to be curious about what it is that he has for us? And 
And so as I really started like writing the book and stuff, um, I realized that in order to be curious um, in my own life, like I've had to overcome a significant amount of brokenness. And, um, and I think, you know, that the world, I, I read something yesterday, I made a graphic of it, um, but it was talking about how the world will break you. And, um, and I think, I mean, how old are you? We're about the same age, right? I'm 37. I'm, I think I might be 37. Okay. I just, I just turned 37 last week. And you're so born I'm what so year? Because I had to double check. 78. Me too. I'm 37 then. Okay. So, um, anyway, I know, like I forgot. I really I, am. Sometimes I'm just like, I, I know. 37 I, and 36, I can't remember what I am. I couldn't either. So but I'm 30, 37 with you. I, I did check the other day when it was my birthday. I was like, I'm fairly certain I'm 37. Um, but anyways, I think by the time you're our age, by the time really you're like late 20s, um, suddenly like you, you, you're so hopeful for so long, you know, and you've got these ideas about how you're going to change the world and all this stuff. And then the world just like crushes the heck out of you. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, your marriage doesn't look the way you thought it would. Uh, you lose babies, friends have adoptions, fall through, parents die, people you care about have affairs. I mean, like there is some nasty yep. junk nasty. that happens uh-huh. by the time you're 37. Yep. And so, um, and so I just really realized like that it is just totally the desire of the enemy to steal, kill and destroy. And he will do whatever he has to do to do that. Um, but what he, I read something recently. I don't even remember what it was, but it was, he doesn't come for your stuff. He comes for your faith. Mm-hmm. And so um, like, I want to be a bad A, like you said, mm-hmm. like I want to be a bad A for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I just feel like that there's this rebellious streak that is in me somewhere in there. Like I have, I'm like a good girl with mm-hmm. a rebellious streak. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so anyways, I was thinking about it and that makes me mad. Like, I feel like, no, you don't get my faith. Mm-hmm. Like you may take everything else, but you don't get that. Like that, that, that is not something that you can have. And so, um, so I think that I just realized that if that is who God is calling me to be, um, and if the cross is where I set my sights, then nothing um, can, I mean, and this is terrifying to say, um, and I get really scared saying it out loud, nothing can break me that the cross can't redeem. Mm-hmm. And so, um, And so what I realized, though, is that if I'm going to really believe that, then A, it means that there's always hope because with everything God is possible— and it means that because of that, I can always be curious about what God has for me. Like I can always, curiosity for me is a movement towards hope. And so, um, so that's what the book is about. It's, I'm like, I want to read it right now. Well, you can. I'm going to send it to you. Okay. I cannot wait. <laughs> Do you talk about the Willy Wonka, how you came to that in the book? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Because I was really good. I do. Thank you. So, I mean, but aren't you glad it's not called God is like Willy Wonka? <laughs> I think that you have smart people on your team. I think I do. I think I do. So thankfully I did come up with the title Curious Faith too. Like that was, that was me. I love um, it. What's the tagline underneath? Rediscovering hope in the God of possibility. Okay. I like that. So, and I like the re, rediscovering because mm-hmm. I think it's easy to lose, mm-hmm. you know? So Yeah. So yeah. So oh, I can't wait. You know, so when you... that's why it matters that I'm like climbing a freaking ginorma mountain. <laughs> while your book comes out. I think that's great. It totally it, goes along with your whole message. Yeah. Like it forces me to have to like 
do it. Yeah. And so somebody was like, well, people think that's a publicity stunt. I was like, well, it's not. <laughs> like, it's not. It just happens to, like, line up. And um, it just, I mean, I just think there's even a section, like, I mean, that I wrote months ago mm-hmm. about um, journeying and that, like, I watched a documentary on Mount Everest. And, um, and it was about people summiting, you know, mm-hmm. the mountain. Mm-hmm. And no one can ever stay at the summit for long because they actually can't breathe up there. Like, the air quality is such that they can only be up there for, like, seconds. Yeah. And, so, um, and so I was just thinking about even when people do this stuff, like, the journey that they talk about is life on the side of the mountain. I wrote about that. Like. <laughs> before right before you even knew you were doing this I knew about this like and so I just felt like it just my friend Sarah Hagerty says like it's like just kisses from the Lord like these sweet nuggets that he gives you like just a hug Mm. that's like hey this is this is I see you and yeah so I'm literally gonna have to figure out what does it look like to push through life on the side of this like right like literally ginormous literally like elephant stampeding kind of mountain. Like I'm I don't so even know. excited about this for you. Thank you. So, so maybe fun. I can come and visit with you again afterwards. Yes, <laughs> we, and I, I do. You have to come on after to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, I totally will. I think that would be really fun. So that would give be a, a lot of fun because I might be like physically a disaster. You'll you know, I, I'm not going to jump any gross rivers this You'll time. Be great. Um, did I tell you what I asked my guests about three things they're loving? Oh, you did. You did. Okay. You yeah, mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What are three things you're loving right now? Okay. Um, uh, this is super fun. So there's this book. I'm going to show it to you that I've been reading. My friend Erica Morrison told me about it. It's called Telling the Truth by Frederick Beekner. Okay. Oh my gosh. You love it? So, so good. It, um, like I'm not even done with it yet, but it really takes the gospel and it puts it into this like really, um, vibrant sort of story and it just is the it says the gospel is tragedy comedy and fairy tale his writing is freaking amazing um like he starts talking about Pontius Pilate at some point and like what his life would have looked like the day before he had to you know give the order that Jesus was going to be crucified and um and he's just talking about like and he wakes up and he comes down and he has breakfast and he's in a foul mood because he's trying to quit smoking and it's like this super bizarre like kind of look at him but it he, the way that he personifies, uh-huh. like, these people, you know, the way that he brings life to them is really incredible. And the writing is just beautiful. So okay. that's been a favorite. And then can I give another book and it can still count as, like, one? Yeah, sure. You can do whatever you want. So um, my friend Sarah Hegarty, she's, like, she always says my love language is resources. <laughs> <laughs> and so she sent me a book, like, months and months ago called At the Still Point. Um and it is a collection of literary works, um, like poems and like from stuff like like actual great literary like books okay. and poetry and history and all this stuff. Just a collection of that stuff that points towards God. It's not all like Christian stuff, right. but right. it um, it's these things that just. I don't know, like it just draws your heart in in a really cool way. And so I do those a lot, like when I'm doing devotions and stuff. I love that. Because it's just a whole other medium. And as a writer, like I'm getting used to saying that uh-huh, about myself, uh-huh. it's just really beautiful to be able to sort of like soak in a beautiful work yeah. that someone has has done. So anyway, so those are a couple of favorite things. Um, another favorite thing that I have, my, so my girlfriends and I should 
can I tell you about this thing? That oh, yeah, we yeah, did? yeah, yeah. Tell we, me, tell me. So, uh, and I'll hurry because I don't know how much time we have. But, um, so my girlfriends and I do this thing called favorite things. And at Christmas, we realized like a few years ago, we all like love to give each other a Christmas present, but like trying to figure out something different for everybody, you know, it was, it's tricky. And so my friend Julie told me about this thing that she and her girlfriends do. So we started it and we call it favorite things. And so we get together and we go out like, uh, we pick a night. We always do it the first weekend in December because we're like, we just need to have like a set date. And that's what it that's is. What we're going to do it. That's yeah. what it is. So we, um, the last couple of years, we've gotten a hotel room in downtown Greenville and we all go spend the night and we all bring some of our favorite things from the year for each other. So there's like seven of us. So I bring like six of whatever my favorite oh, things are. Fun. And it could be anything. Like it could be your favorite scripture that maybe you print on a cool piece uh-huh. of paper. It could be, like, uh, your favorite soap. We've done, like, I gave my favorite toothpaste a few years ago, which is Aquafresh Extreme Clean, for the record. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, just so you know. So minty and fresh and great. Um, and so we just do that, like, every year. And so we start thinking, like, the whole year. That is so about, fun. Like, what favorite things are. And so, like, my friend Katie made us her favorite salted caramels. Like, so it can be anything. There's no price limit, high or low. It can be something homemade. It can be, um, it can just be anything that you want. And how many so favorite things? However many you want. Oh. It's totally up to you. So like usually we do, I would say most of us do like three or four because some of them are really cheap. Some of them it's like, you know, toothpaste right. or it's yeah. um, a verse uh-huh. or, you know, whatever. Like, and then sometimes like a few years ago, um, a couple years ago, I did one of my all-time favorite things. They're called Goody Goody Bonbons. And they are slippers. <laughs> that slippers. They're slippers. You need to look them up. They're like the most ridiculous, hilarious things you've ever seen. Goody Goody Bonbons. Sounds like a food. I thought it was like a, a chocolate. It's They're like these silken-looking slippers, and they have the most enormous, ridiculous flowers on them. And they're all different. You need to That's hilarious. <laughs> So goody goody bonbons. That's okay. like one of my favorite things. Um, and then we can just count that as number two because so it number one like, is your books. Number, number two one is, is your books. girls' weekend. Because um, you said it has a favorite thing that I'm reading right now, right? Yeah. Um, so the girls' weekend favorite things, like that whole thing, is one of my most. I love favorite that. Things. Yes. Like the favorite things is a favorite thing itself. I love it. And so, but in the goody goody bonbons were in there, but um, one other like favorite thing. Presently, I mean, I have so many favorite things. I'm just like a person that like loves th- to have my favorites. Um, anyways, my favorite mascara. Oh, I like this. Is, I need good mascara. This is good. It's thirty dollars, which mm. made me want to throw up mm-hmm. the first few times that mm-hmm. I did it. Um, but then I realized I really like it, and my sister gave it to me a couple times, so I felt like well, she gave it to me twice, so that means that's like. I basically Saved. spread my yeah. best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's called Trish McAvoy Lash Curling Mascara. And what I love about it, I have to order it online because we don't have like a Trish McAvoy counter here. Uh-huh. Um, what I love about it is that like it comes off really easily. It doesn't leave residue yes. like on your eyes. Uh-huh. And so when you wash your face, it feels super bizarre. Like don't do it in the bathtub or like clumps end up stuck on the side of the bathroom. But in the shower, you literally can like grab your eyelash and you pull it off. And it looks like you're pulling off your eyelashes. It makes these like weird tubes. But it's not really your eyelashes. It's just the mascara. No, it's literally like the mascara almost makes like a tube around your eyelash. And so it just comes off like 
super, super clean. I love that. But if you cry or whatever, like you can just kind of dab uh-huh. and it stays on. It doesn't ever flake off. It just comes off in these like giant globs. I love it. So it's super great. So I went through a stage last year where I was getting eyelashes put on <gasps> and it was my most favorite thing ever. Like I still sometimes look at Aaron and I just... It just, it felt like I couldn't keep it in the budget. It didn't seem fair that I'm spending this much money a month to have eyelashes, you know? Yes. Yeah. But I love them so much that literally. Are you you like one of the people, if you were on Survivor, that it would be like, you know, or if you had to be somewhere and you could only have one article of makeup, would yours be mascara? Oh, I'd get the eyelashes put in. Skip the mascara. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously. Because when I had my lashes, I didn't wear mascara for like two or three months. And your eyes look amazing. But they stay on for that long? For like two or three months? Well, no. You got them filled the first time. It's like nails kind of. And then every three to four weeks, you get them refilled. How long does it take to do it? Uh, The refill is about 30, 40 minutes. Oh, okay. Huh. I've heard about it. It is the best. So there's a gal, a blog that I like to read um, sometimes called Jones Design Company. Mm-hmm. Do you know her? Emily? She was on my show, Emily Lee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So she's where I first like saw someone raving and raving about eyelashes because I think it's a thing for her too. I so. loved Emily. She's, yeah. I guess she was she, here this spring or this summer, early yeah, something. Yeah. She spoke at Illum a, a couple of years she's ago. She's great. Anyway, so, so yeah, first heard about that. Um, speaking of Illum, we didn't talk that much about it, but when this oh. airs, it'll literally be like the next weekend. Oh, yeah. And can I tell Uh, you, I'm really, really, really excited to come. I'm super, super excited for you to come. I think it's going to be, I mean, it's cool every year. It's super different every single year. Um, And I like that. (laughs) So somebody said to me one time, like, you really should figure out how to like, you know, I mean, I feel like we're consistent Mm -hmm. in things, but like, I just ask the Lord for kind of like a different word and a different direction yeah. every year. And so it's really fun to sort of have that like fluidity it's good. happening. So it's good. Yeah. We may, we probably won't still have tickets by the time. Probably not. Yeah. Out. But if we do like you should buy them and come. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Send, yeah. And I'm excited because I'm though. doing a breakout on podcasting, which I feel like I need to personally tell you right now that I have talked to a couple people and it's been recorded. So it's out there. And I've been like, I don't know why Logan asked me. Like, I feel like I don't know anything. And then, like, I'll tell Aaron, and he's like, Jamie, you know a lot. You have a great show. Stop saying that. I'm like, I know. I just, like, you know, you think, like, so I want I mean, to personally I don't tell even you know. that I'm prepared for this. You have not brought in a hack. I'm so glad. I'm so <laughs> glad. Because, you know, I was you were thinking there was a possibility. <laughs> no, I mean, I wouldn't even know how to begin to do a podcast. I think I would really like it because seriously, like you said to me, you were like, oh, yeah, I've got like a few interviews I'm doing this week. And I was like, so basically you just get to talk on the phone with it's your friends best. and like people get to hang out and listen. And I think that's kind of awesome. Podcasting so, is by far the best thing I've ever done. I would love it. But there's like this technological component. Mm-hmm. My husband calls me a technological troglodyte, yeah, like, yeah. which, which I had to look up what that meant, but it basically means like a caveman. Yeah. <laughs> I so. will say the technical, that's what kept me away from it for so long, but I just mm-hmm. kind of jumped in and I'm going to talk now to people at right. about that too. Yeah. So there you go. Now, now you're doing it. Yes. You're dominating. Well, I can't wait for you to come and see my fair city of I'm Greenville. So excited. South Carolina. So excited. Have you been here before? No. It's a really cool city. No, I haven't. It's a super, super fun city. And the hotel for Illum is like right downtown. And so there's 
we'll, we'll pick you up because you're a speaker. So we'll pick you up. But, um, but you literally don't even need a car. You walk out of the hotel and it's all on main street Greenville, which has been written up in like garden and gun, which is a great magazine. If you don't know about it, garden and gun, that's another favorite thing. Um, but it's just a super fun city. There's tons of awesome, like food. We've been written up in Southern living for like a foodie town. Oh, girl, we got some good food. Right. And we have good food at a loom, too. Good. Because I'm, I'm a foodie. Because you're in charge I'm, of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I keep my finger stuck in the pie of good. the choices. Good. <laughs> good. Uh, yeah. Okay. Listen, Logan, um, thanks for you coming what? on the happy hour. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. Guys, wasn't that fun? Logan is such a blast, and I'm so glad that you guys got to listen in on our conversation. Remember, everything that we chatted about will be up on my website, jamieivy.com, and any books we mentioned, you can find at jamieivy.com slash happyhourbooks. Guys, thank you so much for listening and sharing with your friends. Every single week, I get the best messages from you guys on social media telling me how much you're encouraged by the happy hour. And I will say this every single time I make a show. That is why I do this show. I want you to have fun. I want you to laugh. But more than anything, I want you to leave encouraged and inspired. I want to say thanks to Knox McCoy for producing and editing this show today. I want you guys to have a great week. Share with me where you're listening to the happy hour. Tag me in your Instagram photos. I just saw one this morning of someone out like working horses and listening to the show. How fun is that? And she said the horse loved the show too. (laughs) That was great. Um, show me where you're listening, tag me and I'll really smile and act like I was there with you. Have a great week. And I will see you next week with my friend, Jaleesa McCreary. And after that, Vivian Mambani will be joining me. Jillian, Lauren, Monica Swanson's coming up. Lots of fun episodes coming up. And so guys have a great week and I will see you next time. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.